be simply me, no matter what, nothing else matters. The podcast for personal inspiration, being you again and we much more, simply you, no matter what, nothing else matters. Lynn Smith, the queen of hearts, love and relationship expert. Lynn's personal story is a very inspirational and harrowing one of how she went from having unhealthy and unfulfilling relationships with men on the back of several serious traumatic sexual assaults in her teens to now being a, a lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationship which makes her feel alive, is full of passion and gives her inner peace. She has a proven track record as a peak performance personal power coach, relationship expert, trainer, inspirational speaker and best-selling author based upon her personal research and trainings with the world's leading industry experts as well as her own vast experience, learning and implementation of what gets incredible results. Hearts in Wired is a world-class service that is committed to providing step-by-step high-value intimate relationship solutions. Lynn makes a difference by helping you make a difference. Her mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, self-harm and suicide. Hello everybody to my second podcast and I'm totally thrilled because today Lynn Smith is here. Lynn, who are you? <laughs> my name is Lynn Smith. Um, my clients refer to me as the Queen of Hearts. Um, because I'm a love dating and relationship expert, so it sort of naturally is a good fit, I think, Queen of Hearts. Yes, you Relationship, sex, that's the, one of the most important topics for men, for women, and it's like, I think no one has a clue how a good relationship should be, or? I absolutely agree, 100%. We're not educated around this stuff in schools. You know, these sorts of life skills should be taught and educated you know, from a very young age because um, you know, I personally feel that poor relationships especially can lead to domestic violence, can lead to um, self-harm, can lead to suicide even. So you know, um, I think it's crucial and, and possibly a life-saving education to educate people around how to have healthy, fulfilling relationships. But it's like we are now in the middle of the topic. But first, I think for everybody, it would be really interesting. Who are you actually? <laughs> well, uh, I'm somebody that's been on a, a very long journey of, um, you know, discovering what it takes to attract or create a healthy, fulfilling soulmate relationship and you know that's that's not always been the case but um you know i'm here and i feel it's my mission and whatever i've been through has led me to help women now and support them in attracting you know a really lasting healthy soulmate relationship in a way that's natural nurturing and fun for them so that they can stop feeling lonely stop feeling unfulfilled stop feeling that confusion and stop feeling all those negative feelings such as rejection around this particular topic mm -hmm. and it's interesting i mean i i call my podcast be simply me but if we take it like be simply we is that actually possible in today's world be myself in a relationship 
absolutely and, and that's what i'm trying to educate people around because i think quite often you know we grow up and we you know on the back of past hurts start to protect our hearts and you know on the back of protecting our hearts that can mean we exude a certain energy which then isn't conducive for attracting or creating a healthy fulfilling relationship mm-hmm. it's, it's a question of educating people that it is safe to let go of past hurts mm-hmm. and it is safe to be who you truly are because by being truly who you are and actually loving that person is what then attracts that great beautiful healthy relationship mm-hmm. because it's a reflection of what you're giving yourself but isn't it interesting when we talk about relationship uh, that most of the people just, you know, the first stuff, what do you think about is relationship with another person. But what about the relationship with ourselves? Absolutely. It starts first and foremost with that. And um, quite often we're not, as I've already mentioned, educated to, to do that. You know, life skills ought to be taught first and foremost about having a great relationship with yourself because if you have low self-esteem a sense of um you're not enough or feeling a bit worthless you know due to your upbringing or your previous um conditioning it can lead to you then attracting poor relationships so it's always important you know no matter what happens to you to understand that you do not have to still be attached to anything that's happened to you in the past. It doesn't have to affect your self-esteem going forward. It doesn't have to affect your self-worth going forward. It doesn't have to affect what energy you exude going forward. Obviously, there's going to be healing involved. You can't just, you know, be a robot and and not be human and not feel these emotions. But there are quick, effective ways of letting go of past conditioning. There are quick, effective ways of understanding and getting to know what it is that's holding you back and keeping you stuck and keeping you in this hurt, closed heart space. And, you know, it's just about taking responsibility for gaining that awareness from a, from a mentor or a coach that has that awareness so that you can learn to deal with that effectively and then, you know, get into a great space where you kind of find it easy then to learn to love yourself and then exert, exert, exude, I should say, that, that, that positive energy that's going to be attracting not just a great soulmate relationship but other relationships in your life you know great relationships with your family great relationships with your friends and go you know similar with your co-workers mm-hmm. as you said before it's about conditioning but if we talk about conditioning what what is it actually when when we have now listeners here and they're like what what conditioning what are you talking about okay so it, just an example of conditioning would be um For example, if you've grown up in a a dysfunctional family where, you know, there's been very unhealthy relationship between your mother and father, you're going to maybe be think that that's how relationships are, you know, or what you're seeing in front of you is the role models for for that's how a relationship is. And it could be a very unhealthy relationship that you're observing, you know, there could be a lot of volatility, unhealthy traits exuded from one parent or another or both. And you could grow up to repeat that cycle because purely that's all you've ever known. I had one um, a talk uh, about relationship and I always love to take the uh, pyramid of the sequence void of the consciousness and subconsciousness and also the first five to seven years who are, who, where we get all the information from outside, the values and everything else. 
And then we begin to believe, to know how relationship works. But if you see all the love movies, all the, the breakups and all the dramas and all the hurtings, you're like, is someone out there who has kind of a guideline how a relationship might be? What are, in your opinion, the most important number one advice how a healthy relationship can be when we don't have any role models? Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, it's a sad state of affairs that, you know, sometimes we do grow up without having those um, great role models. I think for me, you know, I can personally say that, and I think even if um, my, my, my dad has passed away, but even if my mom actually saw this, interviews they should agree that they weren't a great role model in terms of effective parenting you know regarding my own childhood mm -hmm. they had a very volatile relationship but it's also interesting for me that i i saw different um ways that relationships could be formed not only from my friends for example i had one very good friend whose parents were very good role models for me to observe and I didn't even realize they were being good role models until I've sort of looked back in my history and thought, yeah, you know what, that was a good influence. And I subconsciously I took on board that relationships don't have to be how my parents were demonstrating a relationship could be. And also as, very, uh, as a child and still today, very interested in reading and especially I've always been a, a romantic, <laughs> especially, you know, stories about romance. And I've always bought into the idea of um, fairy tales. And you know what? you can believe in those because whatever you can believe you can conceive you know there wouldn't be those romance novels and those fairy tales with happy endings in existence if it wasn't possible for us all to achieve it it's so i don't know it's so interesting because there are a lot of uh, relationship advices books and self-help books and movies and everything else and as more as i read as more as i observe about it i'm as more as i get confused and like when I when I see my parents, they are not role models either. I'm you begin more and more to, or as more as I get older, as more as less, I'm like, do I actually really want to have a relationship with a man or with another person? And isn't it this singly a, a good choice too? Is should be relationships or marriage or having children the highest good for women? I definitely think, you, you know, people miss out if they don't feel that, you know, they deserve that or they want that, um, you know, because if, you, if you're saying to yourself, you know, on the back of observing, say, your own parents' relationship, oh, my God, you know, do I really want to put my heart on the line to, to potentially attract that <laughs> as, as a, a way of living in my own life, then, then obviously you're going to have a closed heart. And, and, it's, and it's acknowledging that perhaps you've got a closed heart. And I can remember, you know, I had a closed heart. Um, you know, I, as you know, Bernadette, I threw some serious sexual assaults in my teens, which led me on a path to having poor relationships and not only toxic relationships, but also some good relationships which are self-sabotaged uh, and also some unfulfilling relationships, which didn't have an open heart too. Uh, and I knew that, you know, looking back, that I contributed to that because my heart was closed because I was protecting it, you know, and I didn't want to um, feel that hurt. So I went through those, some of those relationships with, in a very numb state, you know, not being open to wanting to feel passion or wanting to feel any aliveness in a relationship, purely because 
I was scared of opening my heart. And what I realized is if you're operating from that place of fear, then you'll attract more reason to feel that fear. You know, so whatever you're putting out there, you'll get reflected back at you. And like you were saying earlier on, it, it all starts with that self-love. So it's, it, I know it can be difficult. You know, I found it very difficult when I first started and practiced looking in a mirror and telling myself, I love you. You know, I didn't believe it to start with because I didn't love myself. It didn't sound so it didn't sound natural it didn't sound real it didn't sound authentic but if you keep practicing something if you keep practicing it then it eventually you accept it and then eventually it becomes a concrete belief that you do have for yourself and it's a real gift for yourself so what i teach is just as a, a little tip to start off with if you do find it difficult to look in the mirror and say to yourself i love you instead just try this one tip because it helped really helped me Look in the mirror and see that little girl that you once were. See that little girl, hold that little girl and look at her and tell her how much you love her because you'll be able to do that, I'm sure. So every single listener, please give yourself the space. Go in front of your mirror, take your little boy or little girl from you, hug it, squeeze it and just say, I love you. I think it's one of the most important, I don't want to say methods because I think it's just way much more, but that's something, and you said it in the, in the beginning, that should be something taught in school. Yes. At home. Yes. And everywhere else. I have one great, I always say love always begins with self-love. And, and after you choose self-loving, I don't want to say it doesn't matter anymore who is coming because it's just, you know, self-loving is self-loving, but uh, the choices are different. How do you see this one? Yeah, I think you bang on there, Bernadette. You know, self-love is getting to a place where you're comfortable and happy regardless of whether you're in a relationship or not. You are not um, then in a place where you're wanting validation from others in order to feel loved. You can validate comfortably that love for yourself and you're comfortable in your own skin and whether you have a relationship or not, you're, you're a happy person. But what that does, once you get to that place where, you, you know, you, you actually are exuding that and knowing that you do love and care for yourself and you then on the back of that start gaining that confidence of knowing that you are enough, that you are worthy and you do have that self-esteem to know that, you know what, I'm really comfortable with where I am right now. And, you know, if I attract a great partner, he's just going to be the icing on the cake. You know, he's not going to be the cake. I'm the cake, the delicious cake. Yeah, <laughs> of self-love and, and he's just going to be either the icing or the cherry on the top that, that adds mm -hmm. that little extra mm -hmm. uh, what was actually your biggest challenge uh, or obstacle what, what, you, what you had in your life Get, I suppose getting over and healing the hurt from the actual um, traumatic events of um, those sexual assaults was, was a huge challenge and overcoming the, you know the shame and the guilt that goes with that and I don't know why we do take on board that you know if you've been through any sort of abuse or trauma I don't know why it is always the survivor that feels the shame and the guilt and the humiliation that really belongs to the perpetrator um, but we do don't we we seem to carry that forward and um, so that was a, a huge challenge because it did set me on a road, as I said, to initially having, you know, a period and a phase of being a bit promiscuous because I wasn't loving myself. I was, and I was looking for love through sex, you know, and I think we can all see people doing that, you know, regardless of whether you're male or female, I think we can all see that 
you know, that um, those girls and boys that are looking for love through sex and it's, it's not fulfilling, you know, you know, mm -hmm. mainly boys do it through sex addiction, girls do it through wanting to feel love and think that if they're given the, the boys sex, then they're, they're going to experience that. But obviously we all know that that's just temporarily a short-term fix for, for feeling that hit of love and it, it isn't a good basis for then attracting a healthy relationship. So, you know, that, that was a big deal for me. It took me many, in fact, decades to, to come through that and uh, heal from that fully. Mm -hmm. um, so this is why I'm so passionate about teaching what I know, because I don't want other women, uh, especially, to, um, to have to go through decades <laughs> of uh, struggling and failing and hurting and feeling confused or feeling rejected before they get to a stage where, fortunately, I am now at where I do have that great relationship, you know, and that soulmate energy in my relationship and that aliveness and that, that, that bliss and peace, most of all. Yes, if anybody sees what I see at the moment, you really see this bliss. It's just beautiful to see. And there's a, a, a one question because it's such a huge topic and I ask a lot of people, how would you define love? Good one. How would I define love? I, uh, I define it as something like the wind. You know, you can't really see it, but you know it exists. And it's, you, can, but you can feel it. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. Definitely feel it. And you can feel it more when your heart is open. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have a certain love for your friends and your family that's at one level. But I think once you've truly connected and got that really um, passionate connection and uh, feeling with a soulmate type relationship, you know, that, that's when you do get the real strong butterflies in the stomach. That's when you can feel your heart literally pounding in your chest whenever you're around them because uh, it's, it's, a, it's a whole new different higher level of, of love where you've got the you know, what I refer to the divine masculine and the divine mm -hmm. feminine energies really coming together. And it's, uh, you know, it's that volcanic <laughs> explosion of uh, love <laughs> that comes from that. But it's an interesting word. It's just, as you said, it's a feeling, but and sometimes it's not describable in words. I, I always say it's like this. So everybody who don't see me, it's like, ah, creme de la creme. <laughs> it's, I, I, I had it and it's so interesting it's so it's just different and it's not describable in the way you just know I was it you, no. you feel it and you know it and it's just mm. <laughs> yeah you definitely just know and there's just no other feeling like it you just know you're just drawn to this person and it's got to be you know from a healthy place you know it's got to be from a healthy place of love rather than a, a needy place you know, yes. I always say it's got to be from a place of love, not fear, that you're feeling drawn to somebody. Because if, if you're drawn to somebody from a place of fear, you're going to be in, inviting a toxic relationship, mm -hmm. you know, where you're codependent rather than independent. How can the, the, the audience find you and your work? What do you offer? Okay, um, I'm, I'm very proactive on Facebook. So... Um, uh, um, my Facebook is Lynn Life Coach on Facebook on my profile or through my website, which is hearts entwined. Mm -hmm. We will share all your uh, contact details anyway with the podcast. 
And because in my opinion, yes, ask for help, people out there. We don't have to do everything on your own. It's the same when women, it's amazing what women want to do on their own because they are ashamed for some reason whatsoever. Just ask, ask Lynn about partnership, relationship, love, and all the rest. And it's like sometimes when you have someone, you can hold their hand and they go with you for a certain path. It's just always better. Because what I see, I mean, I have good friends, but some topics you definitely can't talk with them. And everybody has a different opinion about love, about relationships, partnerships. And sometimes it's good to have really, you know, something like, like you have, you, you do it for a living, you do it professionally, you have a different point of view about it. So just go to Lynn if you have a challenge in this period. Yeah. And this, <laughs> There's another question when I have, what I want to ask you. Tell us about three or more or less the biggest learnings about your own path of life. I think you hit on one a bit when, when you just spoke just now in, in that it's always better to learn from somebody who's been there. You know, if you've got somebody who's been through this as a mentor or a coach, then you're going to, like you said, be guided step by step a lot quicker to where you want to be rather than, you, you, you know, learning from your own mistakes is one thing. And a lot of people think they have to learn through their own mistakes, but that can take decades like it did with me. Mm -hmm. Do you really want to go through that process of, you know, taking decades to learn from your own mistakes? Or do you want to learn from other people's mistakes? So that, that's one thing is that, you know, get your own coach or mentor. And that's what I did. You know, it was a big learning for me to, to enable me to, then get to where I wanted to be far quicker and easier too, and without so much pain. <laughs> uh, another one would be um, the self-love thing to emphasize that, you know, um, practice that as your goal. You know, if you do nothing else other than take that away from this podcast today, then, you know, I think you'll be heading on a really positive upward path of uh, personal growth. Just, just to practice looking in the mirror and, and loving the little girl or boy that you were once were, who is needing that inner child's wounds to be healed. And the third one would be um, just be open-hearted and open-minded because nothing's your fault, but everything is your responsibility. So whatever's happened to you has not been your fault, but now it is your responsibility to get the awareness that you need to get in order to progress and grow from this point onwards. Mm -hmm. There is one question I wanna ask you because we had so much fun uh, years ago. I said always to other people, you can order your, your, your guy, your partner, uh, and uh, just write down a list with all the values you want to have, and then write down the action when you know this value is given. And we did it only actually out of fun. And I did that too. And this ordering worked 
But the only thing what I found out that I always missed something out. In your experience, ordering a partner, is that actually a good idea? Yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, it's a good exercise to be had in writing down your, you know, the lists of traits and um, values and morals that you would like to see or feel or have in a potential partner. But know that also, if you want that in a potential partner, then you need to exude and embrace those too. You know, it's no good saying you want a partner who's teetotal if you're a drunk. <laughs> You've got to exude what, what you want as well. So whatever traits you're looking for in a partner, make sure you're willing to and have already embodied those traits in yourself as well. Yeah, I know. Now you really, I even hear already the, the voices out there from the audience, but I did that before, but it didn't work out well. What's your advice on this one? I think, you know, there's, there's, certain, there's certain benefits to make creating a list, but then, it, then there needs to be flexibility within that. You know, for example, um, in one of my relationships, um, he, he was somebody who used to drink a lot and admitted further down the line that he, had, he did have an alcohol problem, which I didn't know when I first started that relationship. And when I got into that relationship, I didn't want somebody who, who drank. You know, I was teetotal myself and I wasn't really interested in having a relationship with anybody who drank because I was very health conscious and I wanted to live a long life and I wanted to be in a relationship with somebody that was also interested in living a long life. But, you know, um, sometimes it's worth being a bit flexible because within uh, four weeks of us getting together, he became teetotal and decided that, he didn't want to drink anymore and that then was absolutely sober throughout our relationship and our relationship lasted over 10 years. So, you know, um, sometimes there needs to be that flexibility within what you will and won't accept, you know, and in those early weeks, I did make it very clear that I didn't foresee a future with, with a, you know, having a relationship with somebody that wasn't um, teetotal. So he knew but it was, I was making it about him, me, not him. I was saying what I wanted. I wasn't telling him, you know what, if you want a relationship with me, you need to quit the drink because he'd find that confrontational. He'd see that as being, you know, me controlling him and he'd, he'd feel that, my gosh, you know, <laughs> she's given me an ultimatum. But I didn't make it about him. I made it about me and what I wanted. So the way you communicate that is essential as well. So think about it from what you want from a relationship in general, not about him, mm -hmm. you know, don't make it about him. Uh, and, you know, maybe have some flexibility around what um, is on your list, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's for me so interesting. I don't know how is it in, in Spain, but in Austria, uh, I found a lot of women who were so, I don't want to say needy, but they wanted so badly a relationship that they changed so much only to get a man. And for me, it was so sad to see because at the end, there was not themselves anymore. And yeah. uh, out of your experience, how, how, what would you say about this topic? Never change for anybody, just be yourself. Mm -hmm. The thing is that um, quite often women either change because they 
want to, uh, you know, suppress who they are because they feel that that's what he would prefer, whereas, uh, you know, they lose themselves in that relationship, whereas what he was attracted to actually was who you were before, you know, when you first met. So don't lose yourself. Don't be any different. Don't give up your friends. Don't give up your hobbies. Don't give up your social life. Uh, you know, uh, obviously don't go out dating, but, <laughs> you know, if you've committed to this relationship. But, but, you know, don't give up things that you enjoy that make you happy in mm. order to be, um, you know, totally immersed in this relationship. Otherwise, you're going to be looking to him to make you happy. And that's too much pressure on a man. That's mm. far too much pressure. And he's going to want to withdraw. So always take responsibility for your own happiness. You know, don't change who you are. And also, you know, don't try and change him either. You know, just through you being your best version of who you are, inspire him to be his best version. Don't look at him and think, well, actually, then these little things that I don't like about him, and, but never mind, I can change that. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> you can always say what you want, uh, you know, and, and hope that he'll... Um, and, and generalize it like i said um but you know inspire him through your actions mm -hmm. and and you, the way you behave uh, through being your best version of yourself to be his best version rather than thinking oh well i can soon change him mm -hmm. as you as you hear all out there this is a topic i think we can talk for hours about it what would be your number one quote about be simply me for me it's about exuding my authentic feminine self, you know, I, I feel as I've been put on this earth to be a role model for, for how to exude healthy feminine energy in order to attract healthy feminine, you know, from that healthy feminine energy, the healthy masculine energy in my partner. So, um, you know, for me, it is about being that role model for exuding that healthy, divine feminine energy and helping women discover that essence of themselves too. Of who they really are. Mm -hmm. It's just beautiful, Sadlin. I thank you very much for your time, for your wonderful con conversation. I will give all your contact details. And is if everybody, anybody out there who is interested in contacting her, please contact her. Ask question. Go to her coachings and just just help each other, nurture each other. And you said the last sentence is so beautiful, just the authentic feminine. I think we are in a time quality where finally this can be blossom up again and that we be simply me as woman, as lady, and as partner. Thank you Absolutely. very much. <laughs> You're very welcome. I want people to know that you definitely aren't alone. You know, people like myself and Bernadette, we really care, we really understand, and we really want to serve you. So thank you very much, Bernadette. Thank you very much. You simply are more than you think, but feel, see, hear and know.